Welcome to episode 102 of Auto Off Topic. What's up, Brad? Oh, not much, Andrew. What's up with you? Not too much. We've got some sad news in the automotive podcast world, a very small automotive podcast world. Yes, which I'm sure everybody listening already knows, but we're going to... It's official because they posted on their Facebook page. Bring it up anyway. Uh, our friends over at the Camden Tub Podcast, they've decided to end the show. So it's much like your favorite band deciding to break up. Um, uh, they're both busy guys, each kind of doing a lot of automotive writing, and uh, they've been helping to run Radwood, so we wish them the best. And if you're new to us, if you're new to us... Yes, not new to, to us. <laughs> please don't. Yeah. If you're new to us or came over from listening to Camden Tubbs, thanks for listening, and we hope you stay. Because we appreciate it. They inspired us. One of the reasons why we got yeah, into Honestly, this. if it wasn't for the Camden Tub podcast, there may be no auto off-topic podcast, because we started talking about podcasts while listening to them specifically, pretty much. It was one of the, one of the reasons, one yes. One of the main ones, yeah. Yeah. Um, we had our other friend, Adrian, that had a podcast that got us interested, too. Yeah, so. yeah well, um, 100%. But. And fun fact, the last two Bentley repair manuals were written while listening to many hours of Camden Tubbed. Excellent. Back so. category? Um, Back catalog, I mean? Well, no, because that was a couple years ago. <laughs> oh, that's true. They were probably doing two episodes a week at the time, so you had a lot to listen to. Oh, yes. Um, so... Anyway, uh, we're glad that they're doing other amazing things. Yeah. We're sad that there's no more Camden Tub to listen to. Apparently, there's one last episode that's going to be recorded at the end of the month, they say. Yes. So we'll be listening for that. And as a special thing, this isn't our uh, gig or our bit. But no, we're gonna no, no. Do we're going to do a little tribute today, I think. We're going to do a tribute 3Ds. So if you're familiar with that podcast, you know what it is. Uh, Drinking is pretty easy because we both got the same thing because we're in studio together. We've got our classic summertime beer for us here at Out Off Topic, which is the Dell's Narragansett yes. Shandy, which is just Narragansett mixed with Dell's Lemonade. Right, and we're both drinking the same drink, so that makes the first D easy to get through. Super easy. For those who are unfamiliar with the Camden Tub podcast, the three Ds, which they did for most of their show, was uh, drinking, something on your desk, and driving music. Right. So we're, gonna do a little, we're doing that little tribute today of those three things. So, drinking. Narragansett, Del Shandy. If you're in New England or anywhere east of the Mississippi, I recommend you try it. Yep. All right. I'll go with what's on my desk. I brought Excellent. it down. They came in the mail today. Perfect. What did you bring, Andrew? I have got the manual hubs for my Montero. All ASINs, too. Real ASINs, made in Japan. These are the FHMO02s, which have the all-metal dial. Okay, so apparently no plastic the, at all. Apparently the 003s had the plastic dial. And uh, the cool thing about these is I was looking at the box, and it has a factory Mitsubishi part number on it. A uh, crossover number? MB160940. So I Googled it. it. These are, in fact, excuse me, the factory locking hubs for like a early Mighty Max. Oh, that's cool. Yep. So it's cool because these fit... Uh, Mitsubishi four-wheel drives from, like, 85 or 80, whenever they started them, mm -hmm. 82 to 99 or 2000. Oh, that's crazy. So I've got uh, uh, one of my axles in the front of the Montero has a torn boot, so i got to take it out. So I was like, oh, that's a good time to do the... Yeah, do it all at one shot. Yeah, and that then the cool thing is with the manual hubs, you can unlock them, and then those CV axles won't be spinning all the time. I'll get maybe one or two a miles mile per gallon. A mile per gallon better, yeah. yeah. 
And that's less wear on parts, too, so that's good. Exactly. And if I ever take it wheeling uh, and I break a front axle, you can unlock it and at, least drive, it. And at least drive out yep. in two-wheel drive. Which you will take it wheeling soon, as we discussed last week, because now you have all of your... I have so many glamour mods. Yes. I, I need to uh, I need to use them, so uh, that's what I've got on my desk, and we'll get right into driving music. Oh, hold on, can I talk about what I have on the desk? Oh, we're going to switch back and forth? Completely. Yes. All right, let's, all right, we'll go back we and forth. We have to do it true hands and tub style, guys. All right, so I have, these are very neat, um, a set of stamps. I'm not a stamp collector. Yes. Never been a stamp collector. Uh, are your hands dry, Andrew? Uh, hold on. Okay, I will hand these over to you. Um, they are from a country in West Africa called Guinea-Bissau. Yeah. I don't know exactly where it is, but there's two sheets of stamps here, if you'd like to take a look at these. Whoa. Yeah. So they are 100th anniversary of Mitsubishi stamps. Uh, That's weird. Right. Official actual postage for the country of Guinea-Bissau. Um. There's, what are there, four, five, six, seven, five, six, yeah, seven stamps? Six stamps? Six stamps. Yeah. I like the blue Colt doing a burnout. Right. That's very realistic. Yeah. It's a, blue seven, it's a blue 78 Colt, just like mine. It's cool. It has the 1917 Mitsubishi Model A through the brand new, you know, PHEV. Um, Where the heck did you get those? I found them on eBay randomly. And I had to buy them because they were cheap because they're stamps from Guinea-Bissau. That's neat. Um, so I'm going to try to get the, a frame or mat them or something to hang them up. because So they have a 3000 GT, um, which actually is, is labeled as a Dodge Stealth RT. Because actually it is a Dodge Stealth. Uh, a Mitsubishi Galant VR4, but a 7th gen Galant. So yep. the one after ours. Or is that 8th? No, 8th eight. gen? I don't know, whatever it is. Um, the Mitsubishi Colt F2000, which is their formula race car. It has the 1600 GSR Lancer, the rally car. And the Mitsubishi 500, which is the little one that I saw at the Peterson Museum. Um, and then on the second page, it has that Model A, the Evolution X, another picture of the 500 in the background, and a picture of a blue Lancer. Same color blue Lancer as mine. Um, kind of doing a drifting burnout around the corner, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. But I'll take pictures of these and post them up so you can see them, but I thought they were really cool. Do you know who what a stamp collector is called? I don't. Philatelist. Well, I am a philatelist when they are 100th anniversary of Mitsubishi Motor Stamps. Other than that, I don't care. <laughs> and the only reason I know they existed is because I was looking for, um, for the 100th anniversary in the United States, they released a watch, an umbrella, and a mug. Um, and I wanted to buy some of that stuff. Yeah. So I looked on eBay, 100th anniversary of Mitsubishi, and those stamps came up. And I was like, those are wild. I think I need those. That's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know anything about Guinea-Bissau. Oh, that's a country in West Africa. Just put a picture of those on the Instagram. I will. I'll take a picture later on. But yeah, I'll buy a frame and hang them up with my other Mitsubishi stuff. All right. So that's what's on your desk? That's on my desk. Oh, right. your desk. I'm in your house. That's on our podcast <laughs> table. Table, yeah. Uh, and I've been listening to Always Ascending, the new Franz Ferdinand album. Is it good driving music? It is pretty good driving music. All right. I've been listening to it while I've been driving. Franz Ferdinand's fairly upbeat, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I saw them in Portland last week. Mm-hmm. Portland, Maine. Excellent. And they were awesome live. It was like a thousand degrees in the theater because it was an old theater with no air conditioning. 
And last week was extremely hot. Yes. Yeah, that's no good. And uh, so there's that. What are you listening to? All right, to? as far as drive music for me, um, one of my favorite um, hip-hop groups of all time okay. is The Coup. Um, Don't know them. You should. They're really good. They've been around for a very long time. Um, they were recently brought back into the limelight. Um, I mean, I've been listening to them all along because, you know, super hipster here. Uh, but they came out in 93. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they recently came out into the limelight because the lead lyricist for the group is Boots Riley. And he wrote and directed that movie that just came out, uh, Sorry to Bother You. Oh. And the whole soundtrack was done by the coup. Oh, okay. Um, people might know Boots Riley from the Street Sweeper Social Club. Sure. That was the band with Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. Sounds vaguely familiar. Yep, a couple years back it came out, I think. Like probably mid-2000s? No, I think it was like 14 or 15. Really? Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what year it came out. It's also really good because it's, you know, too good. Uh, yeah. Oh, 2009. All right. That's when that came out. But last, anyway. The last decade. So, yeah, so I would recommend The Coup, um, depending on what you're into as far as uh, hip-hop music goes, if you're into hip-hop at all. Um, the Sorry to Bother You soundtrack is really good. Um, and then their best two albums would probably be Kill My Landlord, which is their first album in 93, and uh, Steal This Double Album, which came out like 98. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so The Coup, Kill My Landlord, recommended. Cool. All right. There you go. So we tried out their bit as a little bit of a um, tribute to their show. Yeah. We're not going to steal it. It's a one one and done. That's right. So we'll miss you guys. We hope to hear you other places. That's right. So let's get right into Project Car Updates. Uh, I talked about I was going to change the Glant oil. It has changed. Uh, I put in my favorite Liquid Molly 530. I checked the transmission, T-case, and rear diff, yep. and all those were full, and the oils were nice and clean looking. So, you know, as soon as you pull the fill plugs, they start to pour out, so I put them right back in, yep. and yeah, full. the oil was nice and clean, because, I mean, I don't drive the car too hard. Or too often. Or too often lately. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're good to go, and I haven't lost any coolant since the hose blew off like a month ago. That's good. It's hasn't been using any, so that's good. Um... Everything else looked all right in the car. Yeah. Just double check the front end. Yep. I still don't know what that creaking is. It's like a sway bar bushing just being weird or something. Yep. But we're not going to worry too much about it because it's a minor little creak in the front. It's just a creak. It's, yeah. I don't think anything is loose. I've checked everything. So. But yeah, the car's pretty much uh, it's ready for the uh, bonsai run to Radwood in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I'm psyched for that. I installed the, or you helped me install the Adventure Driven Design fuel tank skid on the Montero. Yep. And we did make a video, and it's almost ready to be posted. Um, that part is sweet. Yeah, that part's really cool. And yeah. It looks really cool in the back. It reminds me of the old school uh, JOS stuff from Japan. Yeah. That they used to make for all the yeah. different SUVs. It's super thick stainless. The logo super cut heavy. out of it. Yeah. It's really cool looking. Uh, so if you need skids for your Montero, they're the only game in town, and they make nice stuff. And they're nice people. And they're super nice people, yeah. and they deserve your business. Yes. And they're a small business, so yes. go to them. Making stuff right in Arizona. Yep. Uh, Made in USA. And they're also starting to make stuff for newer Tacomas. Yes, they are. So if you have yep. a new Tacoma, you should check them out. Uh, and definitely give them your business. It's worth it. Yeah, adventure-driven design. Um, if you're into off-road stuff at all, check out their forum as well. Mm-hmm. They have a pretty active forum. 
which is kind of neat in this day and age. I believe it's Adventure Driven Design Talk. I think you just Google Adventure Driven Design Forum, which you come right up. Though, yeah, so. it's on their website. Yep. There's a link to it. Uh, I also posted a video last night of my IPF driving light install. Mm-hmm. Just kind of did like an unboxing and like a quick overview of the install. Yeah, it was kind of neat how you did the video with just like a little bit of like a, not stop motion, but... Um, it's just fast forward. Fast forward, yeah. So... I'm still Looks working. Like stop motion. I'm still working on the audio part. That was with my DLSR, and uh, the mic's not great. The external mic, and if you're not facing it, you can't hear me. So it was kind of pointless. And like, if you've got a Montero and you've got these fog lights, you probably know how to install them, anyways. Right. You just want to see how the fog lights are. So that's really more. The video is just. I like watched an the over- video today. It was audio was okay. I could hear. I could hear every word. In those parts, but the parts where I was doing the actual oh, install that, that I fast-forwarded, you, oh, okay. I, you could not hear me that well, so that's why I fast-forwarded That's why it's through fast-forwarded it. through it. Okay. So it's that part's not super important. It's You want to see the lights, and you want to see me doing it. It's not really a how-to Nobody video. Nobody wants to see you doing it. They just want to see the lights. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really a how-to video. It's just a, a vloggy type video for us uh, to give you guys some extra content. Uh Fuel tanks get a little more of a how-to. It's pretty. It's still super easy to install. Like once yep. you see us do it, and if you're into these trucks, you're probably working them yourselves. You can definitely handle it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You probably should have another person to help you lift it, or at least if the yes. car is or like a on floor the ground jack. with a floor jack, or yeah. a transmission jack if you have the car in a lift. Yeah. Because it's kind of heavy and ungainly. Yeah. But once it's there, you basically should never have to move it. I can't so. think of a reason to take it out unless you got to change the fuel tank for some reason. So. Yeah. It's fine. And you shouldn't have to change the fuel tank because it should be protected. That's true. <laughs> and you can access the fuel pump from the top. And the only thing that you might question is, do you remove the original factory skid plate or leave it in place? And the answer is leave it in place. Yeah. It's over it. Uh, what else? Oh, anything? The Raider, you tried to work on it? You know, the Raider's going to drive me insane if other things in my life don't first. Because every step forward is two steps backwards. Yeah. Um, I went to, so our friend in Arizona, um, Boise Castro sent me the switch, the, um, hazard, hazard switch. switch. So my turn signals could work. Yeah. So you wanted to try it out. I wanted to try it out, but where the car is parked or the truck is parked, it's kind of jammed in between the Michael Lott VR4 and my RX-7. So I got to pull it out of there to bring it down. So I have room to move around to work on it. So I go to start it and the battery's not, you know, turning the engine over. So I get a jump pack. And it doesn't have enough juice to turn the bad engine over. So I get two more subsequent jump packs, and it doesn't work. So I mean, the battery is heavily sulfated. Like, there is... Yes. Acid has been pouring out of it for a while. Actually, no. Yeah, that's no. battery acid. That no, was all over it. No, it was mud, because when I cleaned it off, it was just muddy dirt. Uh, that's... That, that was Pretty acid. sure it was mud. Anyway, regardless of what it was, I, we, I surmised that the battery was just dead cell or something and it was screwing up the voltage and I couldn't get the car started. Battery's only two years old. I went down. They warrantied it with a brand new one so that's fine. Didn't cost me a dime. Um, Cool. So I needed a battery anyway. Put the new battery in and still wouldn't crank over. So I smashed the starter with a hammer and it made like three cranks and died. Mm -hmm. And then I hit the hammer again and it made like three cranks and died. And I did it one more time for good measure and did the same thing. So the starter is definitely borked. Okay. Unfortunately. Okay. So now I need a starter mm-hmm. before I can do anything else. All right. I mean, I could technically roll it down the hill where it is and work on it, but then I can't start it to put it back where I need to put it. Yeah. So 
I'm super annoyed and just one more step in the backwards process of that truck. Mm -hmm. We'll get it going. I promise. Famous get a used starter. Yeah, actually, I made a post today to put up, and then my phone crashed while I was posting, yeah. and and didn't have time after to repost it. I was at work, so oh well. Yeah, yeah, I'll get a starter for it. I mean, a new starter is only a hundred dollars. Um, I'm just not. I don't know. I guess I could spend it. I just don't want to. But if somebody's got a used starter, they'll cut cut Brad a deal on it. Yeah, but a new one's only a hundred dollars. I know. So. It's almost no brainer just put a new one in it. Trying to leverage our podcast fame here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not looking for free stuff, Andrew. I just want to get my truck running. Yeah, free starter. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's my only, I think, project update. I didn't work on anything else. Uh, weather has been horseshit this past week, so I haven't done anything. Basically, mm. it's raining every day. Mm. Which is unfortunate to have... Uh, a bad weather update in the middle of a New England summertime because we have so many in the wintertime. Basically monsoon season. Which we don't really have a monsoon no, season. No, it's really we weird. It this year. Last two weeks have been tropically most of the summer has been tropically well, the humid. The city that you live in and yeah. the city next door to the city you live in got eight inches of rain in two hours last week mm-hmm. on one day. Eight inches on in Sunday. Two hours. Yeah. Eight inches. Yeah. The average rainfall in the city of Phoenix is nine inches a year. Well, you guys got eight in inches the, in two hours. In the middle of the desert. What do you want? But it's just, even here, eight inches of rain in two hours is hard to comprehend. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of rain. I've never seen it rain that hard in my life. Yeah. Anyway. Which is why the city and that city were underwater. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So, events. Events. What's coming up Sunday? Guys and coffee. The new one. Yep. So we have the... Because it was postponed because of serious rain Because it's on a, rain on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, because it rained eight inches in two hours on Sunday. Yeah. So the Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee that we, uh, along with Detail New England, are sponsors of um, at the Coffee Factory is yeah. doing a second show um, at the Derry, New Hampshire location Yes. of Coffee Factory. Mm-hmm. So that's this Sunday morning. August 19th. August 19th. That starts at 8 a.m. Yeah. Goes to about 11. So if you're anywhere near Derry. It goes to 11. Yes. It's Final Tap reference. Nice. Really? What? Do you have to call it out? I, I do, yes. Okay. Sorry. I'm not sure if people get that. They don't. All right. Nobody here has watched Final Tap except nope. for you and me, apparently. Nope. Um, anyway, I was just mere mentioning the fact. I wasn't calling it out. <laughs> um, I assume most people know that reference. Um, and if you don't watch it, it's a fun movie. So where were, we, where were we again? If we Dairy. explain the jokes, they're funny. Yeah. <laughs> Dairy, New Hampshire, Cars and Coffee, Sunday morning at the Coffee Factory. Um, I don't know the address there. I probably could Google it pretty quickly. Just look them up on Facebook. If you're in the area, Google Southern New Hampshire, Cars and Coffee. Yeah, Dairy, New Hampshire. So anybody in the Manchester, New Hampshire, Nashua, New Hampshire. Search Northern. Southern New Hampshire, Cars and Coffee on Facebook. You'll find them. You'll find the event for it. It's a good time. Come hang out. Don't yes. be a dick. 55 Crystal Ave, mm-hmm. Derry, New Hampshire. Coffee's good there. They have yes, decent little breakfast sandwiches. I've never been to the one in Derry, but I'm sure it's the same stuff as the one in Salem. I hope so. It's a chain. Is. Yeah. Well, it's a small chain. Only I'm going to go on a limb that yeah. they're consistent. Yep, probably. They have four and a half stars on Google ratings, so. They're fine. That's pretty good. But yeah, that's this Sunday. Any other events this weekend? 
Top of my head, no. I think we're good. Sweet. We're going to clean and detail the Gallant after. Yep. And get it ready for our trip to Radwood. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get it, like, cleaned and detailed. And then when we get there, it'll be quick and easy to clean and detail it, I hope. Right. Unless it rains the whole way down. <laughs> Even still, it's... Even that little fresh wax on it, will be easy to clean it's off. It's got a... Yeah. It's been recently waxed. I'm going to throw yep. another coat of wax on it. And just bring some uh, spray wax and all the basics. Wheel cleaner spray wax. Some dash dressing, but not the shiny stuff. Yep. It'll be good to go. Yep. Um... I'm a little nervous, but I'm always nervous about road trips. Even though I'll be fine, but it'll be fine. I always get nervous before trips. That's just me. Both of us are going. We can handle pretty much most things that would happen. Yep. So. I'll bring the bring the basic tools. Yep. Along with some duct tape and zip ties. Tools, some basic spares, and go. Yeah. I think we'll be okay. So it's also not a super obscure vehicle, like mechanically. No. Like the parts are easy enough to get. It's not like when we had my. Conquest in North Carolina and couldn't find an alternator. It shouldn't, it shouldn't need anything anyways. Right, but I'm just saying, at least if it does, it's not, you know, the world's most obscure vehicle. We will also, if anything does happen, we're just going to leverage social media and find people yes, this is true. with Mitsubishis and get them to help us. So Excellent. Yeah, why not? You've, you've been warned, people. That's <laughs> Why not? We should do that. That's That's not an uncommon thing to do. No. So... I mean, I'm not read, worried about it. We're not going way off the beaten path either, so... No, interstates. Uh, if you read uh, Rob Siegel's book, Ran When Parked, he bought a car in Pennsylvania, I believe, that hadn't been running in like 30 years. Made friends with a BMW enthusiast that had a barn. He spent a week down there getting it running and then drove it back. Mm-hmm. And along the way, met up couple of people that had only talked with him online or knew him from his uh, column in the roundel and they helped him out when he needed it and fixing the car and getting him home so that is certainly a, a legitimate way to road trip car people are pretty rad in general so yeah. yeah it and you know that that was a cool book because the story was not necessarily about reviving this 30 year old car so much it was about him meeting all these people along the way and helping them out and right. so just being part of the community so that's definitely a valid thing uh, hot off the presses what's that I just sold a Mitsubishi part on the internet for the same price about that it would cost for a starter for the truck so I will take that cash and not use it on anything but that what did you sell uh, one of my wrong radiators oh yeah there you go. So it happens to be. So I've established that. Remember the story I told a few weeks ago about the Colt Raider being too big? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Spectra part number CU700. Yeah. Does um, not fit a 78 Colt. Does not fit a 78 Colt, but it is the part number for a first and second gen Mighty Max. Okay. So. And I also. Uh, oh, you were talking about getting a water pump for that car. I already ordered it. $29. Cool. Yep. So we'll do a little uh, video while you replace it. Yep, that should be a, hopefully a knock on wood fairly easy one. So does not require pulling a timing belt or anything. It will be easy. Okay, Andrew said it. Yep. Yeah, it's the last link in the chain of the car overheating. So if that doesn't fix it, then we just start from scratch and put a whole new engine in it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> we've replaced everything else. The only other thing it could possibly be would maybe be a head gasket. I doubt it. But there's you, no you've other got no, There's no oil in the water you're, bring, yeah. you're dumping out? No. No, it's not. It's possible that the 
uh, water pump is just corroded. Yep. And it's not pushing a lot of oil or, no or oil, oil at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pushing a lot of coolant if it's or pushing, water. If it is pushing oil, then the head gasket is definitely bad. Yeah. I mean, maybe it, it'd be pretty... <laughs> I'm curious to see when you take it apart if the impeller is just like rotted away. Yeah. And it's not even an impeller. And just, just not a, really just doing anything. It looks like a bushing. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be interesting to see. Well, I bought a a proper uh, AC Delco water pump. I mean, it's a brand name. It's not, you know, Mitsubishi water pump, but at least it's not a, I don't know. What about an ASIN? They, they didn't list an ASIN online. The um, AC Delco is probably the best name brand one they listed. Sure. And it was still $28, so... <laughs> Whatever. They haven't made them in 30 years. They've been sitting on the shelf. So oh, I'm sure it'll come in an old box. Oh, Usually yeah. it does. The classic vintage AC Delco box. Yeah, so that's it for Project Car Updates. We asked for listener questions. We did, and we got some. Yeah. Uh, you don't have any Craig Craig, don't tell me, right? We're not doing that this week, I don't think. You know, we're going to start doing it when we do listener question episodes. But, but we did two we in did a row. two in a row, so we're going to give you so a break. Yeah, on the next one we'll do it. That's going to be where we're going to start the schedule that and way. And we will take submissions for those. If you want to send them to us, I guess, DM each one of us. Or the show. Or the show. Well, I don't oh, I don't yeah, see them. Yeah, 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 yeah. As That's long as weird. one of us doesn't see them. Yeah. Then if we you can... think it's one that Andrew should guess, DM me. If you think it's one that I should guess, DM Andrew. Yeah. All right. We'll do it that way. If you want. Otherwise, we're going to come up with our no, own. No. You have to. <laughs> Forced. <laughs> Yeah, do the work for us, for your own entertainment. Right, this show is free. Do you expect us to work for it? <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll do the first question real quick. As the picture for the post was Enzo. Yes. Uh, and Knife Informer James says, Hey, who's a good boy? Cuddle buddy Enzo, my dog, answered, I'm the best boy. And Yeti Overland said, I'm the bestest boy. So... I think this is unfair because I also have a dog. Well, but I he doesn't have his own Instagram page. Well, I had a picture of him on my phone too. Well, no, I'm so. not. It's not unfair that the picture of your dog made the page. I think it's unfair that Cuddle Buddy Enzo gets to be the best boy because he happens to have an Instagram page. There, when my dog is sitting right here, all quietly on the ground, not making a peep. Right now, ignore the bark that happened earlier. There, I mean, it's free to start an Instagram account. You, yeah, can, I'm not... you can start like Obnoxious Ollie or something. Oh, really? Thank you. <laughs> obnoxious Ollie. Did you hear that, Ollie? Ollie, bark. Oh, he just growled at me. Yeah, he did growl at you. All right. He's not going to bark because he's the bestest boy. All right. Knife and former James with a real question. Also, so you think the CLA45 AMG will be the darling of the tuning community in two to three years when it's nope. depreciated heavily, especially with the Evo gone, the SDI essentially a lame duck? That's the weird little front-wheel drive thing, right? Yeah, with that weird little wing off the yeah, back. it will not be. You don't think so? No. I don't know anything about them. The problem with new Mercedes... I've completely ignored them, because I'm sure it's not only an automatic. The problem I'm with guessing. new Mercedes, when they become old Mercedes, they're really complicated cars, and people don't really want them. Um, I think that the CLA is kind of a... I don't know. I, I don't know enough to say too much, but I think it's kind of a throwaway car. I think it is too. I mean, well, holy heck! Whoa, uh, max power, three hundred fifty-five horsepower, three hundred thirty-two foot-pounds of torque. Yeah, I I know it makes power. It's just dang. Oh, that's a UK specs. But see, formatic. So it's uh, all-wheel drive, mm-hmm. automatic. Formatic does not mean automatic. It means, it means all-wheel, all-wheel drive. drive. Yeah, but it is only an automatic, I think. Because I think all Mercedes are automatic. 
I don't know enough about these things. I've so out oh, so of the, the U.S. Market. page says 381 horsepower. Well, that is. Wait, this is a. Oh, they have the coupe and then the. Jeez, that is a quick car. Um, it's a decent deal too at 53 grand. I mean, it is what it whoa, is. Whoa, those are 53 grand. Yeah, the base base price. What for the CLA 45? Oh AMG. man. Yeah. Wait a minute. You can buy better vehicles for 45. What did you say? Fifty grand? Fifty three grand. What else, what else are you gonna buy for that? Fifty three grand for a brand new car. That's what? fast. Yeah. Buy an STI. That other than the STI. Because uh, the STI, he's right, is kind of a lame duck. It hasn't changed at all in a decade. Well, the body's talent changed. They're still using an EJ in Mi- it. I think. Minimally changed. Um. Jeez. My goodness. Cars are expensive. Wait man. a minute. For, uh, wait, hold on. Vol- Fifty fifty three grand. Yeah. Can you not get like? A really nice performance pack Mustang for that. Yeah, I would much rather have the Mustang. Oh, I would too. But a lot of people don't want a Mustang. New Mustangs are nice, I, I, but doesn't mean that a lot or of people want them. Or a new them. Camaro, and you can get them in manual. I think for you or me, the choice would obviously not be an AMG. I think CLA for most coupe. people that we listen to this podcast, would be a manual transmission car, like a Camaro or a Mustang. If I could afford a new muscle car type sports car. I'd, I'd actually go for the new Mustang. I like the way they look. I know you don't, but I like, I like the, the new Mustang. The new, new one? Yeah. Yeah. I'm down with it. All right. I I like... The thing is with the Mustang, I like the idea of the EcoBoost, but I've lived my entire life owning turbo four-cylinders, mm-hmm. and to buy a Mustang, I needed to have a V8. It's just it's just a thing. Like you yeah. need, I need my Mustang to have a V8. It's that sound. I get the idea. It's also the fact that we we grew up and were raised to an era where if you didn't buy the V8 Mustang, you might as well have burned your money. Yeah. Because they were all garbage. They're better now, obviously, but... Yeah, there's nothing wrong with getting the EcoBoost, but I just don't want it. So the AMG is technically not an automatic? Yeah, it's a, it's a dual, uh, clutch. dual clutch, seven yeah. speed. Yeah. I mean... But still automatic. Zero to sixteen, four point one seconds. I mean, it's quick. There's no question. I mean, I just don't. I'm not. The styling doesn't light me on fire. No, not at all. It might be a car that somebody lusts after if you're into German cars. That's what I mean. I also feel like you could, for that type of money, is the two series not available anymore? Like a BMW two series? Like I. I'd rather have, or I'd rather have a three series, with the turbo engine. Like I, the BMWs are a better looking car than this AMG. Oh, by far they are. The front end of this car is really strange. If you're looking. if you're buying a new German car, I'd rather have a BMW. Um, maybe not for reliability or working on them, but as far as looks, if that's if we're taking in, into account all of that, so. So I'm looking right now a 235i. Yeah. I think you can get like an M package. Well, we'll just start with the base one. So a two series starts at thirty five grand. Yep. Um, that's obviously not going to compete with a. Okay, so an M two forty I. Mm-hmm. Uh, four point four seconds to sixty, which is yep. three tenths off the Benz, yep. is uh, ten grand less. And you get a manual with it, right? Forty five thousand eight hundred. Probably comes with a six speed. I'm working on that right now. And it, 
it's likely that the all-wheel drive may be available in it too. It is. Yep. Uh, for still less than the yeah. Mercedes Benz. The Mercedes is fifty-three grand. I said. Yeah. So the base model two forty i M two forty i is forty-seven eight with all-wheel drive, and forty-three grand without all-wheel drive. Yeah. I just don't see Mercedes as enthusiast cars really. BMW definitely has more of an enthusiast base, and when those turbo BMWs start to really depreciate, those will be the new like tuna cars to lust after, I think. Uh, and the car does come manual transmission. Yeah, yeah. I think that that that'd be the way to go. So. And yeah, it's a, that's a yeah. That's my answer to that question. Yeah, I'm looking at this right now. An M240i fully loaded with every option is still. Six thousand dollars. I think less. it's a way better looking car. Yeah, and it's a rear-wheel drive six-speed coupe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't see it. All right, question answered. Also, no more new car questions. We don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> I don't, I don't mind a new car question. No, no, I don't mind at all. I'm kidding. I just it takes a little more research to answer them. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you listen to Smoking Tire lately. I, I do agree with Matt Fair on the Bullet Mustang. Like, who cares oh, that it's a Bullet Mustang? Yeah, why? Yeah. Who like? It's just a couple of performance packages and the color. Mm-hmm. Great car. Why do you need to call it a bullet? Nobody cares. Nope. Movie sucks. No one cares. Movie doesn't suck, but... No, the movie does suck. The chase is like, eh. It was cool at the time. Oh, there's, there's, there's Obnoxious Holly. Good boy, Holly. <laughs> um, whatever. Going off uh, on a tangent here. Next question. Do you have them pulled up? I do. Um, at Yeti Oland? Yep. All right. Whose project car would be the best and who's the worst to put on Turo to rent out? Ooh. Well, that is a very easy to answer question. I don't know. <laughs> Andrew's car would be the best. What would you, what would, what would you want on Turo? The Galant, because it's a four-door, four-passenger turbo car. That'd be a cool Turo car. Not yours, but... <laughs> no. But, however, between you and I... The Montero would be a cool Toro yep. car. Yep, for sure. And they're both totally reliable, good vehicles. Um, the Rex would be boring. Yep. But still, a better Toro car than anything I own, literally anything. I, I don't know. The 78 Colt would be a cool Toro car. It would be, and it's pretty reliable. It would probably be like the level of that. No, don't no? even say it. It no. wouldn't be? No, it's above that. <laughs> it's not a joke. It's a good car. It's kind of, I mean, you could Stop. charge like a you could charge a bunch of money for it, but the car's not a joke. Like you're thinking of the car that they talked about on the DWA podcast with the the, the, the uh, K Chrysler car. Count and Country K yeah. car convertible. That car was a joke. Yeah, yeah. The 78 Colt's not a joke. It's a real car. <laughs> okay, like, it's a fun car to drive. Yeah, it has things going for it. NSU would be a cool Turo car. See, if you charge like a ton of money for it, people would probably use it for like quirky things. I and I, I, I could never turbo one of my cars. I would buy a car and turbo it. I would yeah. buy a car specifically to make it a turbo car. And I've thought about this. I have and that. I know Saab, people, and I, and I know people that there. do it. Um, I have that Saab. I, I mean, just if, put it on there for a hundred bucks. If you come up with something <laughs> unique that's pretty cool that people want, like if you're in like a a beachy area and you have like an old jeep or something mm-hmm. or a scout mm, for sure four cylinder scout right now in the now that i know right um an abercrombie and fitch runabout 
Yeah, that Abercrombie <laughs> and Fitch runabout would be an awesome Turo car. Yes, it would. All right, so so I I have the cool cars of Turo. Mine would be the worst to put on there because nobody'd ever make it back to be picked up because they require. I can get places in them, but they require a deft touch. <laughs> It would require an hour-long explanation of how to use things in order to drive one of my cars from Turo. <laughs> the 78 Colt is getting better. That's probably the best one. The Raider would uh, make a good Turo truck. Yeah, once it's running again. It's kind of funky. But at the, at, at the, in the meantime, at, at, at the moment, your cars are definitely better Turo vehicles. As far as reliability goes and you actually making your money at the end of the day <laughs> instead of the car breaking down and having to get refunds and then having a broken car. Yeah. So. Well. All right. That was a fun one. Uh, Rob underscore Bean underscore 13. I'm beginning to research for my first classic car purchase. First classic car purchase. Mm -hmm. I'm not making fun of you, Robert. Rob. Uh, I'm planning on an E30. They're old now. They are old. Yeah. Any insights into things to consider as I begin my search buying and running an 80s era vehicle? So I've never owned an E30. You've owned old German stuff. So let's rewind the time machine to Andrew and Brad in high school getting their license. Yep. 80s cars were all we could afford because they were cheap. They're pretty new. They were fairly new. Like, I had an 85 Cutlass, and when I got my license, it was 11 years old. Yeah. So that's a thing. And my 86 Volvo was, like, 15 years old when I got got it. So we're coming at this from a different side as like 80s car to us is a completely acceptable daily driver because we grew up with them as daily drivers sure so even an e30 like you just need to look at normal car things it's not like an old car where there's a lot of weird stuff's going to happen it's an 80s car it's a pretty well put together car you know look for rust in the strut towers rust in the rocker panels i believe the battery boxes rust on those okay the battery boxes because Um, they're in the back and they collect water and the acid from the battery. And uh, the other basic stuff, those timing belt cars, they chains. I don't remember. I think they're chains. Um, there's different variations of engines and power throughout the model years. So I know that ideally, if you want you know, the ideal fun car, you look for a I, like a 328i or a 330i. Because those are the sportier ones, and the E's are the less sporty ones. Yeah, they have, like, different um, rear diffs, like, ratios. Yep. Like, an I comes with a limited slip, yeah. usually, I think. Um, and usually comes with the sport seats versus the ones that don't. Um, I know those hybrid people that do, like, an E head on an I block, and that's getting real deep. But Well, you're probably going to run into... There's either super stock versions of these cars, which, which are fetching... Huge money. Huge money right yeah. now. Or totally trashed ones that people have messed with. That people think are worth a lot of money. Yep. So and everything in between. The, the same goes true for any old car you buy. Buy the best one you can afford. Exactly. So if you're out there and your budget is three grand, you're going to have a hard time finding an E30 now. <laughs> I'm thinking back to when we got our licenses. <laughs> you can buy them all day long for three grand. Um, so if your budget is $6,000, you find the best one you can find for $6,000. You find the one with the best history, the best... You know, previous owners that you can tell the best care. Um, one thing I like to look for in any used car of any era is tires. 
Um, the tire brand on the car can sometimes be a pretty good giveaway of how the car was cared for. Mm-hmm. If they're name brand tires like a Michelin or a Pirelli or a Goodyear, you know, chances are pretty good that the person who owned the car spent good money elsewhere as well because they didn't buy Yinglong tires or which can be hard because those cars do have small wheels now. So yeah, not, but you can not... still get most of them at 15s or 16s, okay. and you can still get good tires in those sizes. Yeah. It's not like a 13 or 14. We only have Chinese tires to buy now. And you. You don't have to not buy a modded car if it's nicely well done. Yeah, just know what you're getting into. Yeah. I, I wouldn't suggest buying something with an engine swap. No. Um, or anything with a suspension swap where you have to figure out what parts are when they need to be replaced. Or Because avoid... you're going to get frustrated quick as a new vintage car owner if you don't know what parts you need to buy. Avoid someone else's project that they've yeah, given buy, up on. buy a runner. Um, alternatively, I think a good buy right now is 944s. 944s are a great buy right now. Another good buy right now, if you aren't stuck on an E30, is the previous generation, the E21. Yep. Because you can get, I would say, 85% of the E30 experience for 50% of the dollars. Also a handsome looking car. It's a great looking car. It has the earlier style of 2002 rear suspension, though, I yep. guess. Yeah. Um, which isn't a, necessarily a bad thing if you're not building a race car. It's mm-hmm. fine. Get that three box styling though. They're very pretty cars. They have a more aggressive BMW shark nose. Mm-hmm. Like it angles in a little further. Um, and you take the bumpers off or you put smaller bumpers on them and it really wakes those cars up. And those cars right now are about half the price of an equivalent E30. So, yeah, I would like to play with an old German car at some point. Either I, it be an E30 or uh, 944s have really been. 930, 944s and nine, even 924s have really kind of tickled my fancy for a long time. Just because I've never touched German cars, and yeah. I do want to try. St- I think it would be neat for you to have a 944. Even though we love Mitsubishi, I own a Starion. We do be love. Cool back to I've back. also never owned a Starion, so that's appealing too. But uh, I, we do like other vehicles, contrary to uh, what you hear here. Yeah, I like Dodges. <laughs> yeah, Mopar, no car for Brad. <laughs> no, we do. We do like other cars, and and I, honestly, I've always wanted an E twenty one or an E thirty yeah. or a nine forty four or nine twenty four. My coworker has a nine forty four. Um, he's going to let me drive it. I, so in in modern times, as recent as three years ago, I daily drove an eighty seven Audi. So I have that German car, you know, experience, and I, mine was pretty clapped out. Um, and it really never left me stranded, even though it was a clapped out piece of junk. Mm-hmm. So as long as you keep up with the basic stuff, I mean, things will break, but the most things that are going to break in that car aren't going to leave you stranded. It's stuff mm-hmm. you can bring somewhere and fix it. So, All right, next question. Yeah. Buy, it- buy the best car you can afford. Don't stick with an E30 because you want an E30. Just kind of expand your horizons a little bit. Um, nothing wrong with an E30, but I think you can buy a better car for the money if you go E21. If you've got a budget, search within your budget. Yeah. Instead of just buy car. Yep. Unless you're really stuck on an E30, then I'm not going to tell you not to. That's a totally good option. You do you. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Want to read the next one? Can I tell you how many times I've almost bought an E30? Like, uh, yeah. almost. Almost. Uh, yeah. Never did. All right. Charade Life. Oh, I think it used to be Sega Powered Charade, because there yeah. can't be two Charade, yeah. uh, Daihatsu Charade fans yeah. following us. Um, who is awesome, and his car is awesome, by the yep. way. Yeah, yeah. Too. Rob Bean 13, don't buy an E30, buy a Daihatsu Charade. You'll be the <laughs> only one around, I promise. Um, Charade Life. Do you guys think that the driving experience between a third-gen Eclipse, gag me with a spoon, would be similar to the experience of the driving experience of a Mitsubishi FTO from the 90s? 
Side note, love the show, guys. Thank you. Yeah, um, thank you. If it's a V6, no. no if it, no, never. If, if it's a V6 GTS, okay. Those things are rocket ships with the six-speed manual. Yes, I bet it's pretty close. I guarantee you, it's not. Surmising. It's um, the FTO is a smaller car. It smaller a, than a third-gen Eclipse. Way smaller than a third-gen Eclipse. Smaller than a first-gen Eclipse. They're very small cars. They have a two-liter V6. Oh. Which is super high revving. They have a very different front suspension geometry. What's the first year of those? They're are they, cons- are they uh, coming up and being import legal? Uh, 94. So, yeah, next year. Could be a hot buy. Yeah. Um, Underrated. Yeah, they came with a 1.8 liter uh, 4G93. So, the um, it's Mirage motor. Yep. Non-balanced shaft. Yep, which is a, a good engine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, you know, what you're looking for. What you're looking for is a later one. Okay. Because they came with a 2-liter V6 Myvec. Ooh. And a 2-liter V6 is pretty nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, it revs real high. I think they rev to 85, 8, 8,500. They rev real high. Uh, and there was something about the front suspension in them that I don't remember, or the front diff, that made them super good handling cars. I'm trying to look it up right now, but I can't remember. Front engine, front-wheel drive coupe, despite Mitsubishi Motors. Yeah, 2-liter V6, 200 horse. Wow. Yeah. So I do not think that it is... um... No, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, the LSD option, standard on a pre-facelift GPX, uh, vicious type. But after 97, was an option, and then it was the GP version R. We came with a Torsen Limited Slip. That's the one you want. 197 horsepower. 7,500 RPM. So 95. Oh, so, yeah, GPX edition. Right. Yeah, you want... you want The the one to wait for is the GP version R. So that's a few years out. That's the 197 horse, 7,500 RPM redline, 2 liter V6 with the Torsen front diff. Or GPX. And that was one of the best handling front-wheel drive cars of its time. Um, so you're told. The third gen... Yeah, from what I'm, I've never driven one, obviously. A third-gen Eclipse, while they are kind of quick in a straight line, and they actually sound kind of cool, um, they're never going to handle well. <laughs> they're always going to be a big sloppy Galant underneath. And not a good Galant like the Galant VR4. They're going to be the early 2000s lame Mitsubishi Galant. Um, but yeah, I can't wait till GTOs are legal because I want to import one myself. FTO. What did I say? GTO. Right, FTO. GTOs right. are 3,000 GTs. All right. There yeah, you go. they're awesome cars. Question answered. Um, yeah. And there was a little glitch here. You double posted that question. So skip down to the dot gearhead dot project. The dot gearhead dot project. Yep. yep. When fuel injection came along, they were carb guys who had no interest in keeping up. We laughed at them. Now some of us are stuck in the 90s, speaking of us, with no interest in keeping up. People are laughing at us. And uh, he says, SWOT analysis, go, which is apparently uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. I had to look that up. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I didn't know what it was either. Sorry, Brian. That's all right. Brian is teaching us. Um, Brian Brian is really good at teaching us. He is. Actually, we should probably plug the Gearhead Project right now because their project, their their project, their podcast uh, is pretty good. It is. And I would start with the episode with our former guest, Andy Lindahl, mm-hmm. um, because it was a pretty inspiring podcast to listen to. Yep. 
I have to get to that one. It's good. Um, I wouldn't say we're stuck in the 90s. I'm, I'm certainly not. I'm stuck in like 75 to 88. I'm stuck in the 90s on Mitsubishi's because that was really their golden decade for mm-hmm. cars. Uh, other vehicles. Which is why I ignore it and go before. Because <laughs> I'm a dummy. <laughs> other vehicles, whatever. I, I buy what's good. You could say that, but you don't buy all the... Oh, you do, actually, because you have a WRX, and you have a 90... What year is your... What year is my what? Montero. The 99. In the 90s. Yeah, but you you bought your... You and your wife bought a brand new Crosstrack, and... Yeah. So, yeah, you're you're kind of... You're not broken, afraid of new you're, stuff. You're broken free. I like working on new stuff. Yeah. I'm not afraid of it. There's I don't like, work on new stuff. I don't like paying for it. I think it's my problem. That's the big thing. I don't like car yeah. payments. You know, it's funny. I'm I'm closing in on 40 years old in three years. And most of my contemporaries are like, yeah, I just want to buy a Camry and be fine and not worry about it anymore. Like, I've grown, I've grown past that. But I can't bring myself there. Oh, I... No, I never want to buy like a Camry to just drive. Yeah, no, I'm not saying you would, I, either, but I'm just saying it's. I like driving a newer, quote unquote, newer. I drive a 15 year old WRX mm-hmm. um, car every Which day. It feels brand new. It does feel brand new, but <laughs> it's just because it's it is easier to drive every day and stop and go traffic, and it has AC and a working stereo, but it's still super fun to drive. But I don't make car payments on it, right? And that's the difference. You can find what you want. Yeah. If you're willing to work at it and occasionally have to do maintenance on it. Which I don't mind. I just don't want to have car payments on something and maintenance. Exactly. Yeah. So you don't want to buy a car that's so new that it's still, you have to make payments on it and do your own maintenance. Right. That sucks. Right. You want to find that balance. That five to $7,000 sweet spot. Yeah. You just buy a car. Yeah. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. But, I mean, I'm still the wrong guy to ask this question because and, I, I mean, still drive carbureted cars. No, no. <laughs> I I love fuel injection. I've actually never owned a carbureted car. I, I, I have no problem with fuel injection. The only reason I have carbureted cars... We just cars, tease you about it. And the only reason I have so many carbureted cars is not because I love carburation. It's because I love cars from that era. And that's just the way they come. And if they came fuel injected, like my Starion's fuel injected, it's great. Barely fuel injected. <laughs> but it's fuel injected. It works better than a carburetor. It does. Um... But I mean, I'm I'm always the wrong guy to ask because I daily drove into Boston every day, as three years ago in a 1980 Dodge Colt. Yeah. So. I really like having the ability to hook up a computer and do my own tuning if I want to. Hmm. And OBD2 having that is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, but I'll let you know if I ever get there. Yeah. <laughs> if you do like an uh, an engine swap with a modern vehicle, you can put OBD2 in yeah. an old vehicle. Those things are pretty sweet, and I'm not afraid of them. I do like them. Yep. Um, I don't think there's any really any downsides to it. No. I mean, I have people that I work with that buy a new car every two or three years, and they're so upside down in debt now that, you know, I laugh at them. So I don't understand that and aspect either. The old guys that are stuck in their ways uh, that don't want to learn new stuff, mm-hmm. well, I just I don't have time for them. Nope. Nobody, nobody has time for them. Pass them by. You're going to die off anyways, yep. and... Sorry, but nobody cares. Like, yeah, I'm I'm willing to learn new things that pertain to me. I don't want to go out and learn, you know, how to tune a new BMW because I don't own one. Nope. In ten years, if I bought a used BMW, yeah, yeah, I might be interested to learn, you know, how to work with it. But yeah, but if you need to work on them, you'll 
look it up and find the service information. Yep. The fundamentals of how a car operates haven't changed much. Haven't really changed much. Yeah. The and systems, cars, the systems that operate them, are different, but mm-hmm. the fundamental principles of how a four-cycle engine works mm-hmm. is the same. And the mechanics of the suspension and whatnot is all similar the way it's always been. Yeah. If you can unbolt a strut assembly from an 82 Prelude, yeah. you can unbolt a strut from a 2018 BMW. And if you're willing to take the time to learn the new technology, you're in need. Like, mm-hmm. people will need your services. Yep. So it's it's not, uh, I don't think there's any downsides to it. Uh, but it it is nice. To, I do find myself reading older books about carburetors and stuff. To learn. To learn about them because I do, and asking my dad about that stuff because I do like to play with older cars. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is fun to learn that stuff. And it's fun for you to learn to help me with things. Yeah, and then <laughs> to make fun of you for it. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'm totally okay with that. So that's, uh, I think that's a good question. I think that's a good answer. Yeah, I think we did okay. All right. Why don't you take the next one? Uh, next question is from Ditch Hookers, who is our friend Jordan, the navigator of the Red Spaghetti Golf. Mm-hmm. What is the best daily for hauling two to four Huskies around? Well, he has two. Are we planning on two more Huskies? I know. Jordan? Two more? Um, what is the best daily for hauling two to four Huskies around, and why is it the Volvo 240 wagon? I think it's an 850 wagon. I mean, I honestly think it's an Xterra, because he already has one and does a pretty damn good job of it. Yeah, but it's like... 240s are enormous. They're actually probably bigger inside than the Xterra. Oh, they definitely are. Yeah. Yeah. But she folds that back seat down. It's a lot more cavernous than the Xterra. I mean, 240 Volvo wagon with a Turbo 5 swap, probably best car. I'm down. You get the Turbo 5 from the 850, rear-wheel drive with the 240, manual transmission. Those Huskies won't even be able to stick their heads out of the windows because you'll be going so fast. That's right. And you'll just be like... You'll have to wear goggles because the plume of dog hair flowing around inside that vehicle. I mean, it's already bad enough with two Huskies in a slow car. Yeah. So, yeah. I can't imagine four Huskies in a fast car. Just <laughs> a cloud of just dog hair. Is he, is he doing a burnout? No, it's just, just dog, dog hair, hair everywhere. Yeah. So. Yeah, he drives a Subaru. He doesn't vape. He just blows dog hair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's funny because Yeti Overland commented with that uh, with that many Huskies, you could just sled dog the car back home if it broke down. So. Yeah, I think with four dogs, you probably could. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. JDM Journeys, uh, which is Phil Hansford, Phil Hansford and his the... blog about owning JDM cars in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's J- the blog is JDM Journeys. Mm-hmm. Look it up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he obviously has an Instagram page. You should go follow it. Uh, if you could legally bring in one brand new vehicle that isn't currently available in your market but is offered in other parts of the world, what would it be? Maybe keep it to non-supercars just to make it more challenging. Well, no problem there because we wouldn't be importing supercars. Nope. Also, most supercars have like gray areas they can be imported yeah. in. Yeah. Because, because money. Man. It's for truth. Fucking There's money. so many cars. So many cars. One brand Are new vehicle. Oh, what one brand want? new vehicle. One brand new car. Oh. Brand new car. Brand new car. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, if it was one car from any era ever, then yeah, this would be an impossible question to answer. We're stuck in one brand new car. Ooh, brand new car. What is brand new that we're not getting here that I was really excited about? There's like there's like a Fiesta ST no, there's like a Focus ST wagon diesel or something that seemed pretty cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, a lot of the weird I'm not sure little that's my diesel, final answer. A lot of the weird little diesel hatchbacks are cool. I also like small pickup trucks, which we can't get here. The Volkswagen Amarok. 
or the Mitsubishi Triton would both be cool to have. Yeah, my the uh, CX3 diesel I really liked. I yeah. love that car. Um, oh man. Oh, something French, like a uh, like a performance Clio. Okay. I don't know the performance models, but there must be a performance Clio. Probably. And that would be pretty fun. So I'm down to three trucks in my brain. The Volkswagen, I think it's called the Amarok. Yeah. The Mitsubishi Triton. Yeah. Or one of those currently produced Toyota FJ pickups. The ones seen like Saudi Arabia. Any one of those would be cool. Okay. I think I'd go with the Toyota FJ style pickup. All right. I don't know what number they're up to now. But they look like an FJ... 40, 50, 60? I'm not sure what they look like, but they look like an old Toyota pickup. Mm. And they still make them new. Those I, are cool. I also just really want to own a French car because they're kind of weird and like have cool styling. And I didn't hate the Renault Clio I drove. It was just boring because it was a non-turbo. But it was fun in a five-speed or six-speed. Um, but there must be a performance one of it. So I take oh, or like the ooh, isn't it, there's like a Suzuki Swift, some European hot hatch that we don't get, and I'm blanking on them because I don't pay attention to them because I can't buy them, and they're too new. So a Land Cruiser pickup. That sounds cool. That's what I want. So like a Land Cruiser. All right. Yeah, it's like an FJ80 nose with a pickup bed. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's you. Those are currently available in like the Middle East, and I want one. Maybe right. when they're 20 years old, I'll get one imported. <laughs> Actually, I think they already are. I think there's some that are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely are. But yeah, no, that's totally me. I would deal you the crap out of that. Oh. Uh, Actually, the... Supposedly... Actually, you know what? The new Hyundai... Um... What's their hot hatch? The N whatever. The N. I don't know why they're not going to sell that here. That seems awesome. I think they are selling some kind of N package car here. So like a Clio Cup or an RS. So it's turbo, 1.6. All right. I take we're, one of those. We're getting, we're getting lost in the Google here. But um, yeah, my answer is Toyota Land Cruiser pickup. All right. I like them. Cool. I like All right, lot. let's wrap it up. Let's get to the last question. So we don't keep people too long here. Dave LC2, what ultimate Radwood era JDM Mitsubishi would you import? Right, that's that's a no-brainer. All right. Box type Lancer Turbo 2000. Okay. Lancer EX Turbo 2000. Done. I mean, it's like, remember the BMW 2002 turbos had turbo backwards in the front air dam? Yeah. This car has that. All right, my car. Evo 6, Tommy Mackin edition. Okay. Red, Marlboro livery. So what I probably will wind up importing once the time happens and comes is like an Evo 1, 2, or 3. Yes. Because um, it's easier to find. Ollie, really? He's getting a little impatient, I think. Because um, it's easier to find. Tell us to wrap it up. EX Turbo 2000. Yeah. Or EX 2000 Turbo. Um, I, if both of them came available at the same time for a similar price, I'd have a hard time choosing. Yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. But yeah, my ultimate would be a, a minty European import because they had the two liter turbo in white with the red stripes. All right. All the way. That's right. like B 
be still in my heart. All right, cool. So if you, oh, we had that one question from Josh. He's asked, he asked about my new kitty. Uh, Andrew's outdoor cat. Yeah, my outdoor cat, what the name of it is. Uh, I decided on Biddy because it's the B-I-D-D-Y. It's the name of the mascot of the company who's building that I now work in. Okay. It used to be their mascot, and it kind of looks like that cat. But I also haven't seen her in like 12 hours, so I don't know where That's she is. Normal cat behavior. Yeah. You feeling a little lonely, Andrew? No, I'm just saying. Uh, probably not going to be my indoor cat. She'll probably just be an outdoor cat. I'll just hang out. Um, but anyway... If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe if you don't already. You can find us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast. Find us on Instagram, Auto Off Topic. That way you can ask us questions. And follow me on Instagram, Raced in Anger. And Brand- oh, and also go check out our YouTube page, Auto Off Topic on YouTube. Yes. And, of course, Brad, where they can find you. T-S-I-S-S-3-5-0. All right. As always, keep your cars analog. And aim for the roses.